want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide, Six Steps to Infuse Storytelling into Your Live Videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. On today's episode of the podcast is my old and new friend, you'll understand that in a few minutes, Mr. Mark Anthony Lord. And he is here with an incredibly powerful message about the power of forgiveness. And in this episode, we talk about how to turn the corner on your old story, because we all have them, these old stories from our past, and become empowered, how surrender is the magic your business needs, and why asking is so very important. I absolutely adore Mark Anthony Lord, what he has to share with the world, and this episode where he shares his story, and we dive into a bit of mine as well. It's a really powerful episode, and I can't wait to share it with you. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Mark Anthony Lord, welcome to the show. I don't know why, but for some reason with your name, it's always all three. Mark Anthony Lord. It is. And I kind of like that because if your name is Mark Anthony Lord, which it really is by birth, that's what I was given. Why not use it? It's such a good name. <laughs> I know. I had a psychic actually, like I was like 24. I had this amazing reading, the best one I've ever had in my life when I was 24. And he was the one who said to me, he said, you will grow into the power of your name. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I know. I love that because we all grow into the power of our own self, that we're born yeah. with this power. We forget the power and we have to refine the power. That sounds very Star Wars or something, but it is true that we we get all of this stuff, this gunk, this ick, this ish, this crap in front of us that makes us forget who we actually are. And yeah. I love that you are growing back into the power of your name. Now, the interesting thing is when I knew you, we're going back a few hundred years. <laughs> We actually, yeah, we actually didn't know each other per se. We went to the same university, slightly different time, but we have so many mutual friends and they would constantly talk about you that I feel like I know you. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah, you are a little late, just a sliver later than me. Um, but yeah, you're right. We have so many amazing people and I too have heard of you for so long. So it's so awesome to be together doing this. Yeah, you were a theater actor. Well, I wasn't really. It's interesting. My undergrad was in music theater, but all I did was music and dance. Um, I wasn't really into the theater, nor was I really a good actor at all. Um, but I sang in Gold Company, which was a vocal jazz group mm -hmm. um, at the college we went to. And um, then when I graduated college and moved to Chicago, I ended up in a dance company and ended up being a professional dancer. That's interesting. Now, that's not something that I knew, actually. I always oh. thought in my mind that you were a musical theater actor. So no. that's really interesting. I didn't realize that we shared dance in common, too. Oh, my God. I was a dancer and choreographer for 17 years. Wow. All in Chicago. Well, I started in Chicago. I was at the River North Dance Company, um, danced with James P. Dancers, 
um, did lots of industrial shows and fashion events and things like that. And then when I moved to LA, I was a choreographer, choreographer for Disney. And then also had all kinds of choreography gigs in the, in the um, industrial world, fashion world. Um, I worked on a Super Bowl halftime, um, just lots of cool different things. You worked for the mouse. That's I worked amazing. For the mouse. I did. <laughs> I did. During this process, during this period, what made you say, hmm, I need to move into something else, or I'm feeling this call to something else? Yeah. Well, there are two things in my 20s. One was, and this is what's interesting, the whole time I'm a dancer. And I'm making my living as a dancer. I'm like, what am I doing being a dancer? Like, I don't think this is what I'm meant to do. Like, I sort of felt guilty because I never set my intention. I didn't have as much dance training as everyone in the room. Usually I just had a real natural gift for it. So I always had this, like, what is my real calling? Like, what am I really here to do? Simultaneously, in my fresh out of college, I really bottomed out pretty quickly in addiction, in drugs. So coming out of that hole, which I really almost didn't survive. So that bottoming out in drugs and then getting into recovery. And I remember I was at a treatment center in Northern Canada in January, dead of winter. My parents sent me to this private recovery center. And the counselor said to me, she goes, you better get a new idea about God or you're going to die. He said that to me. And I was like, I'm going to die. Like it was like sobering to me in a very deep way. And that just became my thing. It was like, oh my God, I've got this fucked up idea about God from my Catholic upbringing. I threw God out. I don't want anything to do with Jesus. I don't want anything to do with any of this stuff. I just wanted to be famous, you know, whatever the hell that is. And so here I am, you know, face planted on the ground of my life going, okay, I got to rebuild from the foundation. So that started happening simultaneously. I'm like, I'm a dancer, but why am I a dancer? I don't know if this is, I don't see myself doing this for my whole life. And I had this profound experience with a breath worker. I did a, a session with her and she helped me discern between becoming a high school teacher staying in the entertainment industry or becoming a minister because I was really turned on by spirituality at this point. And cutting the story short, the minister thing started like making so much sense. It had all the things of the dancing, the creativity and the talent and the fun and the performance. It had all the things of being a teacher and education and all those parts of me that I love all rolled in with spirituality. It was just like a perfect fit. So from there, it just became my total focus. And I just studied for over 10 years and ended up with my master's in divinity. Wow. Wow. Okay. So going back to how were you raised in terms of religion or spirituality, or what was that belief system that you rejected so dramatically? Yeah, well, it was, I was raised Catholic Mm -hmm. and it was the rejection of two things. Number one, all of the adults that I was being raised by were disempowered. It was a blue collar suburb of Detroit and they were good enough people. My aunts, my uncles, neighbors, all those people, but you know, they basically drank on weekends and complained about their bosses. And, you know, just, there was no personal power that I was seeing inside of them. Um, So that was unattractive to me. I didn't see that this religion was helping anybody there. 
overlaid with that that I'm a gay man. Mm -hmm. And so that homophobia and that intense psychic trauma of thinking that God hates me and that I'm going to burn in hell for being who I am, that combination just made me go, this is stupid. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, I really relate to that because I remember laying in bed, flat out in my bed in deep despair, maybe 15 saying, please, God, please, God, please, God, don't, don't make me gay. Don't make me be this because there had been that dogma around what it meant, what it, what that the fire and brimstone of what it meant for me, if this was indeed who I was. And I too rejected religion. I was not raised in it. This is actually very interesting. I was not raised in it. In my household, we were like, lived by the golden rule, be good people. We went to church, you know, like when my grandmother came because she did. But my parents basically had already rejected religion. But just by society, I took on the beliefs of what I was told. Yeah, yeah. And so I can't even imagine if the family were part of were part of it, the toll that that took on you as a human, as a young spirit, as a, a gay boy inside of you. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very painful. It was very isolating. It was very lonely. I was very afraid. And I don't think any six, seven, or eight-year-old should have to sit in existential fear <laughs> about who they are. Yeah. You know, but but the gift of that is, and I believe this for everyone, is that was the springboard for my hunger to have a healing in this area, for my calling. Like there's no mistake. Yeah. And what happened to me as a child, including sexual abuse and other experiences that were just not great for me in my childhood, I wouldn't wash away any of them because every one of them was meant to be. Same, my brother. We share that yeah. in common as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's when you really turn the corner and become empowered. Yeah. And I, I feel that, um, as you said, I couldn't be what I am today. I couldn't do what I do today. I couldn't serve people the depth and the way that I do today if that hadn't been my upbringing, if that hadn't been my experience, if that hadn't been my trauma, my drama, and I hadn't processed, healed it so that I can then help others ultimately. Yeah. I remember a long time ago, this minister I was studying under, she goes, don't worry, you'll make your mess your ministry. And I globbed onto that. I was like, oh, there's a lot of mess, so they're going to be a good ministry. <laughs> yeah. And I had to go through a period of forgiving myself as well as others. Yeah. I, and I know you talk about forgiveness a lot. It's part yeah. of your teaching in a really deep and profound way. So I'd love to hear how you're able to sort of forgive those past haunts within yourself. Well, it is a really, it's probably the key primary spiritual practice that absolutely turned my life around. And I can go to such a deep experience and understanding of it to the point where people are like, you're crazy. So I always got to find the levels to try to take us as, as, as deep as we can go in a short time. But I'll begin by saying I was like most everybody. I didn't know what forgiveness was. You know, you're told to say, I'm sorry. You're told to apologize. You hear things like, haven't you let that go yet? We mm -hmm. beat ourselves up. We're holding on to stories that we can't let go of. We, we get beaten up by other people. It's this weird thing where, and when I say stories, like if you're rehashing things that happened years ago, if you're still regretting 
things you said, things you did, choices you made, any regret, rehashing, unexperienced or unexpressed anger, or anything that's not resolved. Mm -hmm. What I've experienced and know is that forgiveness takes care of all of that. It releases you from the broken story. Not only does it dissolve the broken story, it reveals, it lifts up out of the ashes of the broken story, your better self. It literally makes you, when you really let forgiveness be done, you know yourself more fully, you're more compassionate, you're more available. I mean, the gifts, the gifts go on and on and on about what comes out of it. Um, but I like, like I said, like I like everybody else, I didn't know what the heck is this thing and how does it work? And I had a profound experience, if I can share this with yeah, you. Please. I was sexually abused as a child and uh, six years old, really horrifically by the neighbor. And in my 20s, this was the impetus for the addiction. This was the running and the hiding and all of that stuff. So when it came time to really face this, this experience that was ruining my relationships and haunting my mind, like I really was having that like post-traumatic kind of stress experience like it would pop into my head like apocalyptic images like it was really rough but I was doing counseling I was doing therapy I was going to treatment I was doing 12 step I was doing the work to get this taken care of and I was sitting with my spiritual counselor I was living in LA at the time and she said to me do you want to be free from this I said oh my god of course and she goes then you need to let forgiveness take care of this. Mm. I've never heard it said that way. Let forgiveness take care of it. I was like, huh, okay, I'm listening. So she spoke this forgiveness prayer for me to be completely healed from this. Now I've been doing years of work also. So it's in partnership, right? That, that, that was a Thursday. The next day I was being flown from LA to Chicago to be considered to choreograph this national tour this high school thing that was being created. And I didn't read the script because I was lazy and I just didn't bother. Well, I get there at the table read and it's about sexual abuse and suicide, <laughs> the story. So I'm sitting there like shaking inside of me. I get to the end of the weekend. I held myself together. I get on the plane and this is where it gets real. I get on the plane to fly home and I sit in a, a window seat. I turn my head, put on my sunglasses because the tears are rolling down my face. And I turn towards the window and I'm like, God, please, please. I ask that forgiveness set me free. I ask that forgiveness set me free. And the images of the abuse started rolling in my head like a movie that I'd seen a million times. And suddenly I was like, all I can say is this way. God took me, pulled me out of the experience and said, see this how I see this. And then it became light dancing with light. That's mm -hmm. all it was, was light, light with light. And I was told that's all that's happening in back of everything. Everything in back of all is this loving light dancing with itself. And the whole overlay, the story, the memories, they were all kind of put into this like clear ball and like thrown up into the out. And it was like, you will never be harmed by this again. It's over. Mm -hmm. And I tell you to this day, now, oh, I was also told I won't even think about it unless I'm using it for teaching purposes like this. So one time it comes back, it doesn't haunt me. It doesn't bother me. I don't feel it in my body. I have no pain whatsoever. So I truly was one of those people that was deeply blessed and had a miracle mm. from, the, from the power of forgiveness. And I can tell you, I didn't do 
anything except make myself available for it to be done for me. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it's the ultimate act of surrender. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And that's the first key that I tell people around forgiveness is, and by the way, we need it. If you're a solopreneur, you are one that must practice forgiveness because forgiveness is, it's like the draino that goes into the subconscious mind and it will dissolve the false beliefs, the fears, the projections, everything that is running the show in the background. Forgiveness, it's kind of like this magic thing. It just it goes in and I just imagine it just like going and just cleaning it out and transforming it. Yeah, it's like the alchemy of transformation. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And our part is so much easier than people make it. Our part, number one, is to just ask. It says in the Bible, ask and it is given. It doesn't say ask and then figure it out. It doesn't say ask and then work extra hard. <laughs> it says ask and then it's given. Yeah, I needed that I needed that message about 20 years ago because right? I was at that place where it was like ask and work really hard to make it happen. Right. 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 And, it is that that the wisdom of letting go. You know, there's a reason that, you know, the first step, right, in the 12th step. And it is the probably the hardest of them all. For it me. is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. is. Right? And then you're like, ah, shit. <laughs> it takes so long. Yeah. <laughs> that resistance, right? What is yeah. that resistance that we hold? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that resistance, that's interesting. It's a great question, Nick. Because one of the resistances that has to be surrendered is that I'm right. Yeah. Because when we're stuck in something that's unforgiven, it's because we think someone did something to us. We've been victimized in some way. And there's this thing inside of us that's like, I'm right. This happened. I was victimized. This is horrible. And we, we really like everything tightens up. And I say to people, if you want to be right, make sure you really want to be right because it's all you get. You don't get healing, you don't get friendships, you don't get anything except I'm right. Like it doesn't, it's a high price to pay. Yeah, I love that. I can relate to that in that in my sexual abuse, I wallowed in the victimhood. Yeah, I wallowed in it for a long time. And it wasn't for me, I wasn't until I could step back, like you said, draw it back and could really see the bigger picture and found compassion for my abuser. Yeah. When I was yeah. able to find that compassion, because abusers abuse people, et cetera, it's the, the chain, right? And thankfully, we broke the chain. But by stepping back, I was able to ha draw compassion, and I was able to forgive him first before mm. I could forgive myself. And through mm. the forgiveness of him, that was the alchemy of transformation for me to see the light. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what it does. I mean, forgiveness is a mystical something that is done unto us. Mm. We don't do it. Another way that I teach on it is imagine you're walking down the street and you fall down a 30 foot hole. You would not feel bad about not being able to get out of that hole. You wouldn't beat yourself up for two seconds. You'd be like, oh, 30 feet. No way am I jumping. You call out for help. You ask. And then someone going by is going to hear you drop a ladder or a rope or get you out. That's a good analogy for forgiveness because in unforgiveness, we're stuck in a hole and you can't expect the part of you that believes you're trapped to be able to figure it out. It's like the Einstein, you can't solve the problem at the level of the problem. Right. 
So forgiveness puts us down in a hole and down in that hole, you can't create, you can't see forward. You, I mean, it, there's nothing good happening in there, but asking for forgiveness, I imagine like the gold cord just comes down and it wraps itself around us and it lifts us out of the story, out of what is holding us back. And you really will become free. You mm. will, you will. Yeah. So powerful. So yeah. Powerful. It is. It is. So ask, and then keep asking. That's the other part. It's like people say, oh, I, I thought I did that. I'm like, you did. Do it again. You also went to the gym last month, but you should probably go again. It's a practice. It's a practice. <laughs> like just keep doing it until it is done. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like that, that's how it works. And I know people don't like that. But when the story, when the regret, when the resentment comes up inside of you, that's your choice point. Do you want to feed it one more time? and go down that path, and you can, and we've all done that, or when it rides up, do you want to go, oh, this is a call for forgiveness, right here, this is what I do, I just do this, right here, right yeah. here, it's here, I ask that forgiveness, set me free, right here, take this story, I want to be done with it, I'll just talk, I'll talk out loud if I'm driving down the car, whatever it is, because what happens to me when I'm driving, it's typically where it happens, the story, you know how the story starts, mm -hmm. and there you are, 15 minutes down the road, thinking about a bullshit story from the past that isn't even here now. It's not even here. The only reason it's here is because I reached into the past and pulled it here. Yeah, I often say that people tell the story repeatedly over and over again, almost in a spiral until they no longer need the story. So yeah. part of you is needing that story to validate your existence, to tell you that you are who you think you are versus who God made you or who you actually are. And when yeah. you are able to forgive, when you're able to let go, that's when the story is no longer serving. I'm so glad you said that, Nick, because I want to make that, because if someone's listening to us, it, it is important. I had to tell my story for years. That's why I said yeah. I did therapy. Like there is something that we have to validate. Yes. There's but there comes a point, and maybe it's in the last section, where it really is time to become free, where it does go, okay, you've told the story. You've, you've looked at it from 10 different angles. Now, it really is the final step is let it go. It's the end of your act two, right? Of our three-act structure of our play, it's the end of act two, right? Yes. It's that letting go at the, at the climax so that the transformation can occur and you can then turn around and shine the light for others. Exactly, exactly. In act three. Yeah, and I'm telling you, that is what, after that experience, I was already in graduate school, mm -hmm. but my life just, I founded a spiritual center in Chicago. It grew from three people to over a thousand in 10 years. I mean, I was really like, my life was just, I was true. And I was a perfect, it was an entrepreneurial adventure. And it was awesome because I got to teach different things. And I got to, one day I'm speaking, one day I'm counseling, one day I'm leading a business meeting. It brought out all the parts of me that I really enjoyed. And I really did experience, I believe, a lot more success because of the forgiveness work. It was so fun for me to watch that from afar, to be honest, and see mm -hmm. how you grew that. I, I was, even though I did barely knew you, I was incredibly proud of you. I know that sounds so strange, you know, <laughs> but, but it was really cool to watch what you were creating from the outside and to see the number of lives that you were touching every day. Yeah, yeah. And I'd love to share this story, Nick, because I think for solopreneurs, this is an important 
thing of how this came to be because I was graduating ministerial school and it was June or May or June. And I was being offered an assistant minister job in Long Beach. I was living in LA and I was like 37. Everyone's like, oh, you're young. Be, a, be an assistant minister for a couple of years, learn more. So I went down to be interviewed, but the woman looked at me, she goes, this is not for you. You are not an assistant to anyone. I was like, you're right. I'm not. <laughs> so I went home. Yeah. I know. It's like I was pretending. <laughs> so I went back to my place up in, I was living in Venice Beach, actually. And my husband, Patrick, was with his family in the Chicago area while I was there. And I sat down on my meditation chair. And I was like, I had these like, okay, God, I'm not getting up out of meditation until I know what I'm doing. Because I don't get what's going on here. And about 20 minutes into my meditation, I had a download of this spiritual center that I founded in Chicago. Like I've never experienced it. I mean, it was a burning bush experience. I saw where it would start. I saw, I felt it. It was, I was literally consumed by a vision. Mm. My body, my mind, my emotions were all in alignment. It was like, and it just came right into me. It was like a slideshow. It was crazy. And it made me so clear. The vision became undeniable. I knew exactly what I was meant to do. I mean, we packed up the truck and we moved in 30 days and we just, and I just took off. And it doesn't mean that it wasn't hard. Yeah. There were times where it was so hard, but I never lost the vision. I knew what I was going towards. So even when it was hard, I didn't, I didn't veer off too much. Of course I veered off. <laughs> yeah. Evolve. I like to say things evolve, right? Yes. Yes. But if I could bottle that, for solopreneurs and for people that are creating their own businesses and they're living in a calling, find a way to get in the center of that vision. Give yourself to it. Ask to be consumed by it, even for a glimpse, and it will carry you. It will literally carry you over those bridges where you don't know what you're doing. Lots of people have these moments, right? And then they shy away. Mm. What was it in you that allowed you to surrender to that and say, I'm absolutely 100% getting behind this vision? That's a good question. And honestly, the answer is time. I had been serving that vision. I was in school for 10 years. I went to Unity School of Training in Kansas City, spent five years studying there and didn't get into the final program, then moved to LA and spent another five years <laughs> studying. So I, I gave this vision time, energy, resources. I, I studied what I needed to study. You know, it wasn't like a instant gratification, although it looked like it. Yeah. It looked like it just boof, like came out of a bag. But the reality was what I did was I didn't quit I don't know. I had a passion in the studying of this that literally, believe me, at the end of five years at Unity, when I didn't get into their program, I thought I was done. I mm -hmm. did hang it up for a couple of years. But then when I had moved to L.A. and I found the new place and that's when the whole new next chapter opened up for me. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. So the, the what a gift not getting into that program was, oh, my God the fulfillment of the vision was greater than what I could even see. Yeah. You know, so I'm not kidding. Like time is very often 
just something that we we don't understand. And I'm often impatient. I want it now. I always want it now. So, yeah. <laughs> so this this is one of those rare occurrences where I just had it in me to keep studying and don't stop because I loved it so much. I yeah. loved every minute. And I love that that you told this because I think that for a lot of my students and listeners out there, clients, that patient piece. They want it. They want. They want it to have already happened, right? And it already yeah. it has already happened. It's yeah. already happened. It's out there. It's happened. But time is relative. And the older I get, the more I understand the, the concept of time in a way that I had never grasped it when I was younger. Mm. You know, and I think that when you hold to that vision that you were talking about, when you hold it in your heart in such a profound profound way yeah and you allow it rather than trying to push or force it yeah it was a magic carpet ride yeah it really was i mean things were just it is like the law of attraction was activated in such a profound and like literally people were coming for example i knew i was going to open at the back building of a metaphysical bookstore in chicago i didn't know how i just saw it that's what I saw in the vision. And then I met a woman in Chicago. She's like, oh, my God, one of my good friends is the owner of the bookstore. I'll take you for a meeting. I sit down at a meeting with this woman, Gail. I tell her my vision. She goes, I've had 10 people come to me asking to do a church in that building. And I've always said no, but I'm saying yes to you. And yeah. I'm like, I know you are because I saw. Because <laughs> I already knew you were going to. Yeah. There's a way that when you when you are coming from the vision and you know it's not aggressive, but it's just competent. So I, very, sim, very, very different, but similar in that when I went to run Lyric Theater of Oklahoma, the regional theater that I was the, the director of for about nine years, before I got that job, I was actually an actor in a show there. And I was walking out the door and I was saying goodbye to people. And I, the music department door was to the left and I turned to the music supervisor and I said, so nice to meet you. I'm going to be back to run this place one day. And I walked out the door and I got outside the door. I walked up the steps and I walked outside the door and I said, the hell did that come from? I'm going to run this place. I, at that point had no desire to be producing. I had no idea. Right. Fast forward three years later. And there I was that person's boss, right? Like so strange, so, so strange. And not dissimilarly, at the end, I was in a meditation, the end, the end of my time there, I too was in meditation, and I had a big vision, and the download was that I had to leave that job. And it was very painful and scary, 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 you know, to leave a job with benefits and a community that I had, and a, a theater that had grown so dramatically. It was scary. Yeah. But I yeah. knew sort of with it, like you were saying in that vision, it was so clear to me that I had that I had to, to leave. And I know that eventually you had to leave, too. So we want to hear what precipitated that decision. Oh, man, I'm so glad you brought that up and that we share that connection because it is painful. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is it is a I mean, I was there for 14 years mm. and and I founded it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it came out of me. You know, I mean, a lot of people, but still, like, you know, there's one guy who's got to say yes, and then the other yeses yeah. start to come. And I heard in my meditation, I heard just a quiet voice, which always pisses me off when because I know it's the right <laughs> voice. 
when it's quiet. I know if it's the loud one, I can argue. (laughs) But it was just like, it's time for you to leave. Mm. And I was like, no. Yeah. Which is my first response. And it's like, I got a whole list of people I want to leave. Take those people. I got a pain in the ass list. Take them. But it was like, nope. And it was a year. It was a year of hearing the truth and ignoring the truth. <laughs> yeah, so with you, it took me a year to, to, to decide to leave. Oh. I knew for a year before and not dissimilar. I was like, no, like egoically. I was like, no, I can't. I can't. You know, they yeah. can't They can't do it without me. All this like story. Let's talk about stories. Oh, shit. I know. That was all about me. Right. Until then, I really laid it down and realized, OK, this is this is far deeper. This yeah. is not about you. This is yeah. about the vision of something greater. And also it's time for you to let go so that the organization can also sprout in a new way. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if we're, if you're a leader, if you're a, a, a spiritual teacher, if you're a healer, if you're a, an entrepreneur or a soulpreneur, if you're inside of the lane in which we live and move, get ready to put your seatbelt down because yeah. <laughs> it will be a bumpy ride. Yeah. It will be like, oh my God, here I'm at the pinnacle. What? Yeah. Now I'm giving it all up and I'm starting over. Like yeah. it was crazy. My next three years were like, I mean, I was, I was like creating online classes. I was throwing spaghetti at the wall, anything. And and most of it wasn't sticking, but I'm like, holy shit, I gotta make money. Like I just came from like not even having to worry about that yeah. to suddenly I'm like, wow. I am paycheck to paycheck. That was crazy to the point where I took another minister position in Florida for two and a half years. Cause I was like, I am tired of not figuring out how to make money mm. the way that I know I can. So I kind of went off the track for a while, took another job. It was good in some ways. And it was horrible because I had realized I had loved my freedom and I wanted to work for myself. And then Around the corner comes my next creation, which I did not even know was with this guy, Aaron Abke, my current business partner. We just did a podcast together. The dude is 33. I was 53 and 55, whatever. And we had to remember, but I'm older. I'm way older. And here we are having this unbelievable conversation around spirituality and Course in Miracles. And it was like a couple months later, we're like, Let's start an online program. Now we're two and a half years into, I'm sorry, a year and a half into this program that exploded. It absolutely exploded. And it was built on everything I had been doing up to that point. It just takes a lot of faith. It takes so much faith. It does. And I think it's important also to recognize what you just said of it built on everything that came before it. Yeah, that we think that we're starting again, or we're starting completely over, or but we for, we forget almost that we have so much experience, knowledge, wisdom that we have built over these years, yeah. and that while you are starting again, you're never starting back to zero. You're never starting completely over because it's yeah. not even possible. This is what wisdom is. Yeah, this is why as elders in the community, you become the wise ones. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's, I mean, this is amazing. I mean, the pandemic worked in my favor in this particular way, in in terms of my career. Um, 
And simultaneously, all the three years of trying to figure out how to do online work, all of that mm. was coming to fruition. You know, although all of us who are out there trying to make a dent in that gigantic ocean called social media, you know, I mean, there's countless times where you feel like you're just, you know, might as well be pouring a, a Dixie cup of water into an ocean. It feels like nothing, right? But yet we keep on doing it. We keep on doing it. We keep going back into our heart. Why am I doing this? What is the message I want to say? It really is like being an artist. Like how deep can I go? There's more inside here. I got to go deeper and I got to get this out. That's what drives us. Yeah. That's part of the reason why this is called the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. You are you are a creative. If you are a soulpreneur, you're a soulpreneur if you're creative. That, really? that you know, that is the art. That is expression. That is a great art. Yeah. Your business is is and can be your art and your gift to the world. Yeah, absolutely. And this current business is I don't have to worry about a building. I don't have a big staff. I don't have to have a youth and family program. <laughs> I don't have to like, you know, what I mean, like all the pieces to a brick and mortar spiritual community. Yeah. Most of those are gone. And I just get to do what I love to do. Yeah. 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 I so feel this because I had the, the, version of it in the creative arts right in the theater we had a youth and pr program we had you know and so i can relate to it in so many ways so now here you are in this online space and what the kids would say you're crushing it really you are changing lives daily what's next for you well i want to pause on the you're crushing it because i need to breathe that in number one and i think all of us have got to if anyone, I assume many listeners are like me, where I'm so busy seeing what I haven't done. Yeah. And, you know, I can, my mind can go to, well, great, that got so many likes, but look at how many likes my friend's getting over here. Or, I mean, it's, it's like, I can spend a lot, I've got to pay attention to this. I've got to, I've got to look in my own mirror and yeah. go, dude, you're crushing it. You're successful. You're making more than, you're making six figures a year online come on what like i gotta really breathe that in well that's why i'm offering it to you because you are crushing it i'm the mirror here for you today to say yeah mark anthony lord you're crushing it yeah yeah and not only in a financial sense in in the lives that you are shifting and yeah. the people that you're touching and globally because it's it's very interesting what the pandemic has done in in that sense of being able to touch people from all over the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting too, because I'm also in my mid fifties where it's like, I'm not done. I wanna work 20, 30 more years. This idea of what retirement was to our parents and our grandparents, that doesn't exist anymore. No. So what is next? I do have this foundation now where I, I get to choose now what else, cause I'm a creator. I must create new things. Like that just, I'd be great at creating something and giving it to someone else to keep building. That's really, I'm, I'm the starter. Of yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm always looking at, you know, what's my next program. I've got this partnership with Aaron and, and A Course in Miracles, which is what we teach. And, and that's rolling and that's growing. I'm currently partnering up with another friend of mine, David, where we're creating gay spirit guys. I've had a deep desire to work with gay men on the spiritual level simply because that's where a lot of my healing has come through, yeah. having to heal the internalized homophobia within myself, having to really, you know, I feel like for me, 
being a gay man was a powerful springboard Ooh. to look within and to face all of this self-rejection. We had no choice, particularly at the time in which we came into our own. Yeah. We had no choice. And, yeah. Yeah. And again, what a gift. Now I can see that. Totally. Totally. So, you know, I, I have a, I'm in this space of like, what's next? What's wine be create, create? And I've got people asking me to do things and I've got to really pay attention to make sure my yes is yes. And my no is no, because yeah. I want to say yes to everything. <laughs> of course. I can you know, at this point, it, it, it does need to light you that fire, that vision that you had before this new vision. It's got to stay within that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Because everything that you say yes to is a no to something else. Right. And I, I want to start enjoying myself more. Um, not that I didn't enjoy my life, but it was very work focused. Uh, and now I've, I've got more time on my hands because my work requires less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. more compensation. So that is kind of taking care of itself. There's just so many blessings now. I mean, I got to, we went eight weeks to Los Angeles in the winter just because I can go anywhere now. Yeah. You know, there's so many yeah. cool things that are possible. But for me, it's keep creating and enjoy it even more. And keep forgiving. And keep free. I do that every single day. <laughs> I never do a meditation without it. I never do a prayer without it. Um, I just keep, keep on. And again, back to that practice. It's as simple as I ask that forgiveness set me and everyone free. If people will just make that a mantra, mm. it will begin to do its work inside of you. Beautiful. Yeah. Any final thought or anything that would make this conversation feel whole to you? You know, I just, I love being in this conversation with you and serving creatives and solopreneurs because that is really what I am. And that's what you are. And we didn't have this, no. <laughs> you know, we just sort of were doing it and sort of like, you know, I didn't. It didn't even have this name mm -mm. Uh, upon it. So it feels really beautiful to be with you inside of that and to serve others. And I would just say, if that's who you are and you are in the beginning phases of this, do your spiritual practice. Anchor yourself inside of that. Because for me, my success came from not of this world. <laughs> it came from inside. It came from some power inside of me. And um, that's the most fulfilling. Say that again for the back row students, all of them back there, do your practice. This is something that I say a lot. So I love that you echoed that right here at the end of our conversation. Yeah. I really appreciate you, Mark Anthony Lord. I thank you so much for uh, being a beautiful guest today, sharing your stories, sharing your wisdom and your teachings on forgiveness. Thank you. Mm, thank you, Nick. And thank you for helping me remember that I'm crushing it. I'm taking that one with me. <laughs> You're crushing it. So where can everyone find you and your teachings? My website is markanthonylord.me. Please go and join my email list. And that's a way to be connected. Um, you can learn about my other courses. Um, I do have a chakra prayer method program that I created and launching in the fall. That's a great, cool way to use the chakras to get into alignment and to create healing. So that's where you'll find me. And then Instagram at Mark Anthony Lord. Yeah, you do great videos on the gram. So, oh, you know. Thank you. That too is like, just keep going. Just keep going. 
<laughs> that's, well, that's, you know, I, I find that that's also like using all those skills from the way past, back when we were kids, right? You know, it's using all of that in a powerful way that um, shares your message. So yeah. I appreciate them. So if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to DM Mark Anthony Lord, still using all three names, and you'll, you'll, you'll definitely remember it, Mark Anthony Lord, and let him know what your takeaway was from today's episode. Super powerful. We'll see you again next time. Thank you all so very much. <laughs>